thanks for joining us, everyone. We are very uh, excited and very happy to bring this special episode of the YouthCast by GMBA Youth Ministries, where we wanted to take the time to commemorate, honor uh, a brother that is also special to us, uh, very dear to our hearts, Brother Paul, Paul Mary. I uh, served as the president of the church, served as uh, president of the GMBA, and uh, we've each had uh, a conversation behind the scenes to say that we wanted to take a few minutes, share some of our reflections, some of our memories of him to honor his legacy that will be with us for a long, long time to come. So brother uh, Jim, go ahead and uh, get us started. What were some of your, your thoughts, your reflections, your, your memories of brother Paul? Absolutely. Thanks brother Lucas. And uh, hello everybody. Uh, it's a, as brother Lucas said, this is, this is an honor for us that we wanted to take this pause and uh, just remember our dear brother Paul and who he was to us, um, how we interacted with him and just how much we truly loved him and appreciated him for his, for everything that he did uh, and for the way that he was with us and certainly love to sister Eleanor and, uh, and the family and all the friends across the globe that will miss our dear brother. Uh, we certainly will. We certainly, certainly will. So, um, some, so just to, just to chat for a moment, uh, to, to, again, to express who he was to us, um, as president of the church, uh, he was, uh, he was in essence, our boss and, um, but by no means does that imply, do I mean to imply that he was ever bossy because, um, it, you know, over the past almost 11 years now that, that I've been, uh, Involved, I've been an officer of the GMBA. Um, you know, we haven't always, I say this, you didn't always see eye to eye. You know, we've been known to, to, to push the limits a little bit. And, um, and that was, and he led us to believe that that was okay through his actions. Um, because even though we would have the conversations and, and review some specifics that, uh, you know, that, that were, um, the way that brother Paul approached us was always this fatherly love and, um, guided us and helped us understand perspectives and, and just loved us. And to be quite honest, um, as if, if I'm to, to think in, in, and express it. I, I believe he appreciated us pushing those buttons a bit and pushing the limits. And, you know, as an originator, one of the originators of camp out our brother, Paul, you know, he pushed the limits in his time and certainly for the, all the right reasons and his appreciation, he offered that to us verbally in, 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 uh, you know, in the way that he acted and treated us back. So I, again, I, I say that meaning, uh, with love that, that he appreciated some of the, the limits because he, because he understood what it meant to, uh, you know, focus on the young people. And he saw that any action that we would push necessarily would be for their benefits. So, um, so that was always an interesting way of, of how he treated us and dealt with us. Um, you know, I have a quick story again to, to showcase him again, who he was. Um, you know, over the, again, over the past 11 or so years, have many opportunities to, to run conferences, lead conferences, lead meetings, and specifically leading meetings at the World 
operations center and um and out the big auditorium and um you know we were we were taught we were taught early on uh that before you do anything at all before you do anything at all you you know as three officers we were taught run off and and pray uh, just take find a quiet moment quiet corner and go and pray um, that the Lord will indeed take the lead in whatever event it is that 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 we were in charge of, and and I mean uh, whether it be a Saturday morning session for the GMBA um, uh, business conference, uh, a Saturday night evening at April or October that our, our brothers would ask us to run uh, just spiritual meeting. Uh, um, whatever it was. So we were instructed, go pray and give it to God. So we did that and uh, hard to find a quiet place. So sometimes, but uh, at that, at, at the, at the operations center, but we found, we had this little, there's a little corridor outside the main auditorium between the main auditorium and the apostles room. Um, I don't know who, which one was, it doesn't matter, but, but we, we would run off there. And when we would get there, that was our place where we were going to go quietly pray. And um, it was also next to the Apostle Room, and we would run and steal their donuts and candy sometimes, That uh, you know, um, <laughs> which was also a pleasure. Don't say it. Don't tell anybody. But, um, the GBA officers. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, but the, the, where's Brother Paul coming in the story? The, the, and I mean every time, every time we would run and go into that corner, Again, it was never planned. Jay, correct me on this. You were a part yeah. of most of all. Yeah. Yeah. It was never planned. It was never planned. But um, every time we would go there, our brother Paul would show up. And it would be, we never knew where he was coming from. Whether it came, he came from the outside or the door, or the apostles room, the blue room. You know, there's like 12 doors right there. So he would always just kind of show up right before we started to pray. So, so every, did I mean every time again, not playing. And so, and then every time also he would take the time to pray with us. And most often I would say he would pray for us. So in that moment and uh, just a simple example, but, but what this does it, hopefully this showcases it's imprinted in my mind very strongly that um, I'm going to pull a statement out of the story. And that's just that brother Paul, he was just always there. He was just always there in those moments of prayer for us, with us as support to us. He was, he was behind us hundred percent of the time we saw it, we felt it. And it was just a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to, to know him and to really be treated by him as uh, respected by him, loved by him, and he truly treats us like friends. So I miss him dearly, love him so much, and um, I'll turn it back over to you, Lucas. Yeah, Bless you. I love love hearing that story, and even hearing the the prior part. His heart was always with the young people, for the young people, and and you mentioned pushing those limits. You know, he was he wanted to give the attention, and I. I will echo that and maybe add my own observation. Uh, being a few years younger, um, you know, I I think about my perceptions as a young person, as a kid growing up. Our brother Dominic Tomic, who was 
Thomas, who was present before him, like my pers- perceptive perception of him was, it was almost like larger of life being a kid and hearing the president of the church was like the president of the United States. And it was one of those that, you know, you'd see him at a conference or a camp out and you just had such a high, high regard, but they were also very approachable. And for me, I was born in 86. And according to the, the church history, that's when brother Paul was ordained into the Q12 as a, as an apostle. So he had been an apostle my entire life. And if I have the date right around 2006, 2007, he was the president of the church. And so a lot of my most formative teenage, late teenage, you know, young adult years, um, I observed and just sort of saw this example of just such a kind, loving man. And, you know, it was one of those, when you talk about taking the time to pray with you, to guide you, to have those teaching moments, you know, I remember taking the time, like if you were within like eye contact range of brother Paul at a camp out at a, a conference and you stayed just an extra second, he'd lock eyes and he, and he'd come and say, shake your hand and he'd remember your name. And he'd ask something about what you were, you know, asked about soccer. He'd ask about your school. He'd ask about your math class. He, he really took the time to try to remember your name, something about you. And I just, it makes such an impression on you because you grow up and you have such a high esteem for the president of the church, but then you shake their hand and you talk with them. It's so relatable. And brother Paul was just so down to earth and he had such a, a peaceful demeanor. I think few, few traits that I feel like when I would see him speak or teach or, you know, anything at a, at a big event, cause I didn't get to see him, you know, maybe like Jason did week in and week out is he had such a calm, such a composer, um, you know, just a, a confidence and a peace about him. You know, he would be sh- speaking in front of hundreds of people in a in a full, you know, meeting about important, you know, heavier topics. You know, the the future, the promises of God, and and he had such a composure and a confidence and a smile as he was doing it. And it just showed me that peace that passes understanding that we think about in Philippians. He had it, you know, and and it just came out in a confidence that. It was almost contagious that, oh, wow, okay, I, I'm, I'm with him. I'm bought in. I can do this. And, and I just love that thinking about brother, brother Paul. And, you know, the only other thing I would say, and, and I know people like you, Jason, with him week in and week out, his relationship with his wife, Sister Eleanor, was an example. Always doing it together, side by side, smile on their faces. Of course, I'm sure like any relationship had troubles, but he, he really seemed as an outsider looking in to treasure his family um, and the family of God at the same time. So those were a few things when I look back and on my interactions and relations that really stuck out. And that makes those relationships, that moment makes such a lasting impression. So I'm, I'm very thankful for him and, and everything he's done, you know, just year after year and just always being there. So those are my reflections. Beautiful brothers. I, uh, Honestly, um, just a just a privilege to do this with you. And, uh, you know, that confidence you spoke about, Brother Lucas, I mean, there was something that he always did that I've always found pretty amazing to me is when he 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 showed that confidence, he, his chin would go up a little bit sometimes when he would talk. He had so much confidence. It just came out. I just always enjoyed the way his chin went up. And it just to me just depicted the confidence he had and little things like that where Brother Paul, I mean, when he walked into the, the World Conference and all the flags came in, just think about 
when he brought the last flag in, which was the United States of America, and, and when he put it down, he posted it, then all of a sudden he stepped back and he saluted it. And just, the, you know, that was Brother Paul. He was always doing something so spot on, so wonderful. And, you know, um, just thinking about Brother Paul and you talk about him being an apostle and just, you know, he was truly, a, you know, a witness of the resurrection of Christ, which is what an apostle is, a witness to the resurrection. His very, his character, his joy, his confidence, his spirit that he carried, his smile was a witness of the resurrection of Christ. And um, so, you know, obviously I, I had a, the privilege to not only just see him at the general church level or the region level, but, but at the branch level. And as big as Brother Paul was to the general church, I would say he was even more of a giant at the branch level. That's where he really shined as a pastor, as a, as a shepherd. Um, he loved the Alacopa branch. He loved his, his flock. Um, he had that servant leadership um, and just that you, would, you wanted to follow. You wanted to be like Brother Paul. And uh, as Brother Jim said, he was always there, you know, and one of the, some of the pictures you might see, there, there's a clothing drive that we had at the Alacopa branch. And obviously, Brother Paul was there with bells on, and he commented about how proud he was of the branch and doing this. And you could see he was interacting with everyone, and he always had his coffee. And uh, he loved Sunoco coffee. That's one thing that you might not know about Brother Paul. He always bragged about Sunoco coffee. Um, but interacting with the kids, with Rocco, with our children, and, and just was always 100% engaged. And, uh, but there was two things I wanted to share with, with everyone and with you guys today that I thought was special about Brother Paul, witnessing him from week in and week out. Lucas, you hit it right on the head, and I'll just say his example in his marriage with Sister Eleanor was, was just wonderful. I think, Jim, you even mentioned that as well, about just his example and, and how he took care of her. And, and it wasn't easy. In the last few years but again that smile was always present as he as he kept going forward but there was two things i wanted to share two things that were very important to brother paul uh the lord's supper and his conversion the story of his conversion now the lord's supper to me it was like the crescendo of the day for him when we were in church and there was something that he would do from time to time that at the first time he did it it took my breath away it was so profound is we would be breaking the bread and pouring the wine and we would embrace at the end. And obviously it was always a wonderful spirit in, in commemorating the sacrifice of Christ. But he would almost say from every few months, he would say, it's a great day in the kingdom of God. And he wouldn't say that in the beginning of the meeting. He wouldn't say it at the end. He, was, he would always say it at the time of the, of the Lord's Supper. And that always stuck with me that he, he was showing me the importance of, of, of the sacrifice of Christ and never forgetting its importance. And uh, the last thing is he never forgot his story of his conversion, how he, his parents came from Italy and how his father was converted through, through, a, through the testimony of a, of a deacon of the church. And, and, but then it just came down to the day that the Lord found him. And that was probably on his lips, probably every three times he got up to speak, he would rehearse his testimony, his conversion, would visit him in the hospital. The one, one of the last times I visited him in the hospital, I was talking with him, sitting down. I said, Brother Paul, what's on your mind? And he said, you know what? Today, I've just been thinking about the day the Lord found me. He began to rehearse his entire testimony. And it was always the same. And you'll hear that in this clip that we'll be following up with. It was always the same. Because it was 1956, 
He said he left the building. It was whenever the traveling evangelist came and told him to redeem the time. And, and then eventually it says he left the building of the church. When he, he came to church, he, he left because he felt the spirit of God. And he said, when he came back in, he says, I met the Lord. And just, just to me, so those two things I thought were just critical with who Brother Paul was. And his desire was always to, he never wanted to, to rust out. He says he wanted to wear out. And you know what? We, we are witnesses that that wasn't just a saying to Brother Paul. That was his life. And so we're just blessed and just for this opportunity to say, thank God for Brother Paul and his example to us that pointed us to Jesus Christ. So brothers, just a, just a blessing. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. And the examples of the stories you shared, Jay, are just fantastic. In our day and age and the, the young people and even everyone, our families were bombarded in social media and ads and TV. And, and our mind is so easy to go to any other place, especially in, in church in a moment like communion and, and Brother Paul's example, being present and being appreciative and grateful for that Amen. moment. Just, Amen. You know, even the second story of taking that past his conversion and holding on with it daily weekly to make it real in the present to direct his life fantastic example for us so jason you mentioned it um we are very excited and it's our honor to allow our listeners to hear brother paul's testimony from his own words so uh, we have that audio file and, and it'll follow right now i was sitting in uh in in the chapel one morning and um the evangelist came through and he opened the scripture and he started re reading the scriptures and he came across the scripture about redeeming the time. Now, I had been, as they say, born and raised in the church. I've heard, I heard scripture read many times. I've heard many preachers in the church and uh, I was a young man. But that day, that, that verse of scripture hit me so hard and I felt the power of the Spirit of God come upon me about redeeming the time. And from that day, I started my journey to uh, understand Christ better, understand what he wanted. And I was taking Bible. Uh, you had to take four semesters of Bible at the school. And I was learning uh, about the Bible, and then we, had, we start studying it. And pretty soon, the, the time of the year, it was like this time of the year, I started getting very interested in the Word of God and drawing closer. And I felt the Spirit of God draw me in. And I, having parents in the church and having many friends, it was, it was comfortable to go to church. But I still wasn't able to break loose, break away from the gang. We had a, we had a nice group of about nine, nine people that we went everywhere together. We played ball together. We, we did everything together. And of the world. And, uh, and I didn't feel to give that up. And so that continued on. And, and I, I could feel the pressure. And I remember in June, on, right after I came back from my honeymoon in June, I went to see Dan Tamburino, who was a teacher in a branch. And he says, well, Paul, you made one step. Now you have to make the other one. And I knew exactly what he meant. And you could feel the pressure of the Spirit of God working on you. And I remember on in this, the summertime, August the 19th, um, I, we, had a, we had a custom in the Alacupa branch, a whole group of us, we would go to Sunday school. And we enjoyed Sunday school, like Brother Paul was teaching this morning. And we had, we had a good time. But after the Sunday school, we would all leave, go to a restaurant, 
get a table, order our breakfast, discuss what the Steelers were going to do, what the Pirates were going to do, and that other team, uh, uh, they, have, they play with a puck. Okay? <laughs> and we, we would discuss that. And that was, that was our church. That was church for us. We went to Sunday school, we had breakfast together, and we, we played, and we, uh, we talked about sports. Well, and as the summer kept getting warmer, so, so did the Spirit of God. And it kept influencing me. And so one day on April the 19th, um, I didn't have a car yet, okay? I was getting ready to buy a car, if that's hard to believe. I was married, um, we were married, and we didn't have, a, we didn't have our own car. Things were a little bit different. But anyway, um, I got a ride with my brother-in-law, Tony D'Antonio. And I went to, and so I, I, I attended the morning meeting because I missed Sunday school. And that day we had some visitors, they were speaking, and the Spirit of God was flowing in the, in the, in the meeting. Uh, Brother John Ross Jr. got up and asked for his baptism. And we used to have chairs like that, and I, and I held on because I wasn't going to give in. You know, everything raced through my mind. You, know, you have to give up everything. Were you going to do that, or are you going to just, just hold it off? Not yet. Maybe when I'm a little bit older. Maybe when I'm, maybe when I'm 40 or 50 or, or real old, like maybe 60. Okay. Some years ago. And, but, uh, and so the meeting was over. I was, able, I was successful in resisting the Spirit of God. I won. And uh, so I walked out of the meeting, just like you would have here, and I went outside, and it was on a main street, and nobody was coming out. Everybody was all excited. People get asked when they were baptism, and I was all alone. And that's when I felt what it means to be all alone. I never felt that in my life. I, I didn't have anyone there to greet me, anyone to talk to me. There was only me, all by myself. And I felt such a, a loneliness in my life of being all alone. And I said, well, I'm going to go back in. And when I turned around and went back in, I met the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he, he embraced me with his love. And I asked for my baptism. And that started my journey in, in the church. That started my whole new life. And, and, you know, talking about being born again, I was born again. I wasn't the same Paul. I continued going to school. I could finish my schooling, got a job, went to work, and like everyone else. But the main, the main focus was that on August the 19th, the Lord Jesus Christ came into my soul and changed my life. And he changed it completely. Things change automatically. You know, sometimes people say, well, I can't give this up. I can't do this. And they used to tell you, don't worry about it. Let the Lord do it. And he did. Everything changed. My attitude changed toward everything in life. And I found, I found the Savior. And what a, what a blessing for me. And I, and I say that because I have been a blessed person in the kingdom of God. The Lord has blessed me. He has allowed me to experience his, his power. Uh, I've seen the dead rise through the anointing of the oil, the anointing from the elders. I've seen, I've seen it happen two times, and one time by myself. I've seen the dead rise from, from the condition that they were out. The nurses came and says, 
they're not going to make it. And yet the Lord raised them up. I've seen the great power of God. I've seen him take people that were great sinners and change them into beautiful lambs. All because of his great love. And because of that, I'm here today. Because of his mercy and his grace. Do I deserve it? I don't think any of us, I know, none of us deserve the goodness of God. But his great love for us oversees, overrides everything. I never remember reading anywhere where the Lord says, let me, let's talk about your sins. He doesn't. He talks about how much he loves you. Wow, what a testimony. What a testimony of God's power. What a testimony of God's miracles. What a testimony of just how God brings people and timing and everything together to to work with us, to draw us, to call us. Uh, beautiful, beautiful testimony and something special to have that and to hear it from Brother Paul himself. So as always, uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, please share with your family and friends. Uh, like, comment, uh, send us an email, future topics, different things like that. But we wanted to bring you this uh, special uh, episode to tribute, to commemorate, to honor uh, our late brother Paul Pomeri, president of the Church of Jesus Christ, president of GMBA. Uh, love the family of God, love the young people, had a sincere passion for Jesus Christ. And so we hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, we love you, and we look forward to having you uh, listen in our next episodes.